Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket, the second day of England's Test match in New Zealand in Christchurch has gone well. In fact, it's probably, I suppose you might say, Simon, one of the best days of the winter for England, having reduced... New Zealand to 36 for 5. They did recover, but it was encouraging. And actually, there was just a change in approach, I thought, by the England attack, which was which a good thing to see. Well, they pitched the ball up for a start, something Joe Root asked from his bowlers, and that's what they did. And they responded. Stuart Broad, I spoke to him afterwards, he was saying that, you know, that's the best I bowled for a while. Joe asked us to pitch the ball up more as an attack. You know, the, the main bowlers, I suppose, you know, Anderson and, and Broad. Mark Wood bowled in a different way. He bowled short. He bowled aggressively, which was another issue. But Broad pitched it up, took four wickets and bowled very well and has given England a victory chance. It's a bit early, I suppose, to be talking about a victory chance, but they are definitely in control of the game. The new ball is five overs away. They've got four more wickets to take, and they've already got a reasonable lead. They're over 100 runs ahead still, but we've seen it throughout the winter. They've struggled to bowl sides out in the first innings, and this is a tenacious New Zealand side with a 1-0 lead to protect in the series, so nothing from an England perspective, I think, can be taken for granted. It's amazing, isn't it? You've got uh, two bowlers, Stuart Broad and, and Jimmy Anderson, with over 900 test wickets between them. And yet, for not the first time in the last few years, England's tactics and strategies have actually been influenced by New Zealand. And I'm thinking back to that tour which Brendan McCullum conducted of England a few years ago when they played this liberated brand of cricket which really got England going after the, the doldrums of the World Cup and really got England's sort of spirit fired up. And the way they played the game as a result of New Zealand's visit to England was really positive and it really kicked England on. And again, this, this 
short series. We've seen the way that particularly Trent Bolt and Tim Southey have bowled, looking to pitch the ball really full and you know not worrying about the odd half volley, looking to try and get a bit of movement, getting batsmen driving. I mean, we've as commentators, I think we've been boring about the number of times we said that. Particularly Jeffrey Boycott. You know, I know he he does like to, to sort of stick to the same one track record, but I mean he's been right in this case. He kept saying they've got to pitch it up, they've got to pitch it up, and finally the, the message has sunk in. In fact, it was interesting watching the first few balls of the New Zealand innings, Jimmy Anderson bowled some spectacularly good deliveries, but they were just a fraction too short. And we're talking, you know, a couple of feet here. And, all right, it's a bit maybe unfair to to be too pernickety about a bowler of such high class and such brilliant longevity, but he has had a tendency over the last couple of years to just bowl that two foot too short, not really project for wickets. And the other end, Stuart Broad, went for the fuller length. And it worked, and he got a quick wicket, then Anderson followed up, and those six wickets that England took today were virtually all a result of very full deliveries. There was Kane Williams, and I know caught down the leg side, a bit lucky, but apart from that, again, the full delivery, tempting the batsman into a drive or a push outside off stump, the slips and wicket keepers come into business, and it was just great to see that. You know, lots of slip fielders as well. A real kind of sea change in the way England approached it. Stuart Broad was saying afterwards that they discussed what their batsmen haven't liked facing this winter. And, I, and that was seen in England's strategy today. Pitch the ball up or go hard with the short ball. And, you know, there was a real contrast. There really was between Anderson and Broad and Mark Wood. Mark Wood bowling in relatively short, sharp spells banging the ball in. I mean, sometimes, a bit like Wagner, a bit like Australia bowled at England's tail in the ashes. You know, sometimes six balls and over. I mean, it's an interesting one about, you know, whether the umpires should intervene. We, we had this debate during the ashes, and, you know, you, you get short shrift in Australia, and you're saying, well, they're just bombing our tail. It just feels like, you know, whinging poms, and that's, you know, an easy accusation to, to throw at, you know, any English commentator or player or whatever who, who, who raises that subject. But, I mean, it's been one of the themes of the winter, actually. There are bowlers who've just dug in every single ball. Now, does that, is that intimidatory bowling or not? The umpires these days just don't seem to bother, just seem to, to let it go by. As long as you, you don't bowl more than two balls in the over that are you know, really short uh, at the batsman's head, then it's absolutely fine. But, you know, a lot of short-pitch bowling from Mark Wood today, he, he didn't take a wicket. It was the old firm, Broad and Anderson, who picked up the wickets again. We saw Jack Leach bowl for the first time in, in Test cricket. I was working with Graham Swan today, and he said, yeah, he, he created a, a favourable impression. Um, so, you know, a, a, a different England attack from the one we've seen so far this winter. And, you know, overall, not too bad. Yes, and you, you make the point about the, the short balls. Uh, I suppose there has been a different approach over the last probably five years with the umpires because for two reasons. One, obviously the protection that, that players wear now is way better. You see a lot of people hit on the head. In fact, BJ Watling was hit today and you know just put his thumbs up straight away as if to say, no problem, you know, I'm fine. And secondly... Batsmen have become much more proficient at different sorts of shots against short pitch bowling. In fact, I know Johnny Bairstow today, after he got his fifth test hundred, was out caught at a deep third man playing the uppercut. And batsmen have become so much more daring, I suppose, and game at facing the, the shorter ball. And so a, a bowler like Wagner, who keeps on banging the ball 
halfway down. And I, I must admit, I, I, I'm a huge admirer of him because he, he keeps going. And it must be... I mean, it's hard bowling bouncers all the time. It really takes the most out of your body. You're slapping your, your front foot down at the crease and using all those sort of shoulders and back muscles and leg muscles and, you know, obviously arm to whack it down as, as fast as you can, really jamming it into the surface. And sometimes it plops off in a desultory way and, and loops through to the wicketkeeper or the batsman slaps it for four. But he still comes in again and whacks another one in short. And it might seem a rather monotonous method of bowling, but bowlers need to use all the tools at their disposal and a bit of variety. So Mark Wood, for instance, going round the wicket... As we said, really, uh, you know, we suggested perhaps somebody like Liam Plunkett could be considered to do that role as well. Uh, it just gives the batsman something else to think about. So you're fine with it. It's absolutely fine. It, it's, you know, it's not intimidatory. Bowlers are struggling, especially bowling with the Kookaburra ball. Actually, we saw in that partnership between De Grandom and Watling, it was really hard work. England thought they got through, and then there was resistance as the ball goes softer. So it's absolutely fine as far as you're concerned. Ball after ball after ball, six balls and over, and then six balls the next over, and six balls the over after that. If, you know, if if you've got the strength and and power to do it, I think it it all depends, and it, it's up to the umpires to to keep an eye on it because it can be something which is unfair in the sense that you're doing you're targeting some batsman at number eight or nine who's not able to cope with it but generally those batsmen get out quite quickly if it's a batsman like johnny bairstow or bj watling or obviously de grandome by the way you've had a few problems with um de grandome haven't you how to how to pronounce his name well actually do you know what today i went up to him after play and i said to him look how do you pronounce your name? And his response was, well, the commentators are better at pronouncing it than I am, which I thought was an, <laughs> extra an extraordinary comment. But then he said de Grandom. I was led to believe oh. that it was de Grand Home yeah. by Jeremy Coney, but we're going to go with de Grandom for now because I got it from the horse's mouth after play. At least I think, <laughs> I, think I did. I mean, he said, well, you, you guys are better at pronouncing than I am. But, God, uh, that, but there we like, go. Um, that's like a sort of one of those Muraliteran moments, Muraliteran or Muraliteran or Muraliteran. We used to have arguments about that. Um, every year that uh, the Sri Lankans came over to England, Richie Benno in particular loved the, uh, the idea that we sat down kind of a couple of days before the Test Series started and, and went through all the different pronunciations to agree on them. So it was, was it Jaya Surya or Jaya Surya? And, you know, was it Muraliteran or Muraliteran? And, and Tony Gregg was a great fan for the Murley Duran. But um, anyway, we, we, I don't know whether we ever got a consensus. But So you're going you're to need a consensus with De Grandome. But you've obviously settled on De Grand Home. So very good. And uh, just going back to the point I was making, you know, if you get a competent batsman like that who's prepared to take the bouncers on, I don't see any problem in bowling a few more. Obviously, a bowler, if you get to sort of four bowlers all bowling short all mm. the time, as the West Indies were in the 1980s, it can get a bit relentless and a bit repetitive. And batsmen's scoring options are seriously reduced. But we haven't seen too much of that over the last 20 years. You know, West Indies had that it's extraordinary conveyor belt of tall, fast bowlers and found a way of playing which no one else could cope with. But we haven't really had that since. And so I think it's good to see the odd batsman having to kind of just, you know, duck and weave a little bit because cricket is about a little bit of courage uh, as well as skill. 
Well, I mean, also as well, I, mean, I don't think there's anything more exciting, there's little more exciting in cricket than a fast bowler testing out a batsman, testing out the middle of the pitch. I suppose what, you know, the, the one question mark comes when you are bowling like that consistently to a number 11 who is, you know, OK-ish, but, you know, stays in for a bit, but then just gets peppered ball after ball after ball. Or, in fact, as happened in the Ashes series, just gets bombed right from the start. I mean, Jimmy Anderson, I remember interviewing him in Adelaide, and he was talking about the, the bumper barrage that they received in Brisbane. And just, you know, he just said to the umpires, you know, are you happy with this? And they, they seemed to say, oh, yeah, yeah, we're happy with it. So Jimmy said, well, I better go off to the nets and, and just face a whole barrage of bumpers to prepare for the next sort of barrage of bumpers I'm going to get just basically phlegmatically saying well you know the umpires are fine I just have to get on with it as part of modern test cricket and you, you, make, you do make a good point you know what the bowlers don't have a great deal in their favour the pitches are often too flat and you play with a cooker or a ball it goes, it goes soft and you know they, they need to be uh, you know, given something of course they're not allowed to tamper with the ball either to change its condition so you, you need to give something back to the bowlers there is something exciting about you know watching you know, the likes of Wagner go in and bowl short and Wood go in and bowl short as well. I mean, it's a little bit, you know, lines against the Christians, but you know, there is something enticing about it. Well, anyway, England have, have clearly uh, utilised a ploy and it seems to have worked. And they're in a good position now with a lead of over 100, New Zealand four wickets left. So hope there for getting, you know, a lead of 50 or 60, which I think could prove vital in the, the final equation. What about uh, the events just over the other side of the Tasman? We should just mention those quickly. Press conferences from all the uh, involved parties in the the ball-tampering affair and a little bit of uh, sort of consternation from viewers and observers generally that the questions asked of particularly David Warner weren't really properly answered, as if lawyers have got involved and it's going to be a rather long and drawn-out process before we get the real story. Well, it was David Warner's turn today. We haven't heard from him. We, we, we saw him tweet a, a message saying, you know, I will speak in due course. And today he did speak and he basically read out a, a pre-prepared statement, which is fine. And then the journalists were allowed to ask questions, but they're only allowed to ask one question. There was one journalist that asked a question. He said, uh, you know, David, you know, were other people involved in... Uh, you know what was going on, and just the three names that have been thrown up so far. And he didn't answer the question. He just went back to his previous statement. The journalist shouted out, "Well, you, you haven't answered the question." The person who was running the press conference said, "No, you're only allowed one question. You're not allowed to answer that." And then someone else asked a question on a completely different subject. I think if I'd been the the next person to ask the question, I would have you know jettisoned the question I was going to ask and say, "Actually, yeah, what what about that point you just made? You haven't." answered the question and then later after a, you know a press conference that didn't reveal a great deal other than the fact that David Warner was very sorry for what happened and he regretted it for the rest of his life you know it basically something you you could imagine he was going to say and also there were the tears as well which you know you, you don't like to see it's the whole thing is, is you know it's not a pleasant look I, I agree then he later tweeted uh, you know I appreciate I didn't answer all the questions um, I forgot to say that I couldn't answer all the questions and I will in due course because there's a whole sort of process to go through and you know more information will come out in the future so it, I mean, it was an almost unsatisfactory thing and of course the point about Warner is that you know, he, he's the one player I think that most people perhaps in Australia as well certainly around the world have least sympathy for because of the way he's carried on uh, during his international 
career. So sort of unsatisfactory day all round, you know, in a, in a sort of PR sense, and also just for understanding a bit more about what went on. You just have that feeling there's there's more to come out, and I n- I've no doubt that eventually it will. But it was another one of those unedifying spectacles, really, in, in uh, Australia today. I wouldn't like to be James Sutherland at the moment, the, the chief executive of Cricket Australia, who's grappling not only with all these press conferences and the, the truth gradually leaking out, but also the, the unravelling of Australia's sponsorship and TV rights as well. The, the Channel 9 broadcasters now put in a big bid for, for covering tennis and they haven't said anything about cricket and uh, sponsors are, are withdrawing rather worryingly. So uh, it's, uh, it's a very concerning situation for, for Australian cricket. We're going to finish now. Just to say, this podcast is in association with The Cricketer Magazine and you can get 20% off your subscription to The Cricketer Magazine if you go to www.thecricketer.com forward slash podcast. And, of course, the, the Cricketer Magazine this month is a real bumper issue looking ahead to the county season. And the county season has sort of kicked off, by the way, with the champion county against the MCC, Essex against the MCC, and they've just been thumped by innings. And if anybody wants a, a tip for this summer, a batsman maybe to look out for who might be pushing his claim for England, have a look at Sam Hain of Warwickshire, who made 140 in that MCC innings. So a great start to the season for him and for MCC and not long to go now till the county season starts but in the meantime England can really lift everybody's spirits by winning this game in New Zealand eh Simon? They, they can indeed I mean they're, they're in a decent position with three days left as I said at the start I mean England supporters don't take anything for granted because they've you know they've had reasonable positions earlier in the winter and they've not been able to force them home for example uh, Melbourne possibly Adelaide as well. Just on Sam Hain, of course, he has had a very good white ball career recently, but he hasn't been able to get any runs in red ball cricket. They, you know, he's, he's seen as a very talented player. He bats a little bit like Jonathan Trott, so it's good to see him making a strong start. And also, as well, one other uh, player who was prominent in that game, and we, we've seen Jack Leach make his test debut here, is another Somerset player who's Don Best. He's an off-spin. He made 100, and he took a, a haul of wickets as well. He is a player that's worth keeping an eye on in the future, working with uh, Vic Marks, another former Somerset and England uh, off spinner in this test match he said you know he's got something about him there's a, you know that he's got a good sort of competitive spirit about him so he's another name to to keep an eye on i'm not saying he should you know play for england just yet but he's a promising cricketer okay well listen go and have a glass of marlborough sauvignon blanc we'll all be imagining drinking it with you and we'll speak to you again tomorrow thanks for listening Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.